Amen. Take your Bibles, please. Turn over to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, while you're turning, just let me quickly remind you, we've got election, uh, elections going on. Please do two things. Say it with me. Vote and pray. Vote and pray. Do both of them, all right? Don't do one, leave the other one undone. Do them both. Vote and pray. You say, uh, who, could, you, could you tell me how, how to vote? Vote biblical principles. The candidate that's the closest to the Bible on issues is the one you need to vote for. Amen. It's not that complicated. There used to be a little gray area. Now they're polar opposites, okay? Trying to figure out who to vote for is like being hungry and standing in Merritt Boulevard and trying to decide, do you want to go to Denny's or do you want to go to the Michelin Tire Place? Not that complicated. Who to vote for? Vote for the ones that are pro-life, pro-family, pro-Christian, pro-God, pro-church. Yeah. You say, what about my wallet? What about your wallet? What about it? Vote for biblical principles and pray, 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 pray. Amen. Enough of that. Enough of that. I get distracted. We don't want to get off on that this morning. John 3, are you there? Would you stand with me, please? I I have an outline. I don't think I'm going to use it this morning. I'm just going to try to follow the Lord. Started reading this chapter last week. I guess it was Monday, Jubilee, in between the services. Tuesday. I was thinking I might preach this last Wednesday night and God changed my message at the last minute. But I've been looking at these verses for a while. And God showed me some things. I don't think I've seen quite like he showed it to me. And uh, I just want God to help us this morning. John 3 verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. And whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master in Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you 
of heavenly things. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. One of the greatest messages that Jesus ever preached, he preached it in the dark, out under the stars, to one man. Boy, I'm telling you what, that's been on me for two weeks. I want to preach a little bit on this thought, a sermon under the stars. Lord, help us this morning. Open the scriptures and our understanding. I pray the touch of God be on this. <clears throat> help somebody get saved if they're not saved. Strengthen and encourage and bless the people of God through this message. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, Jesus preached some amazing messages in his ministry. I guess the message of the Sermon on the Mount, as we call it, is one of the most famous, one of the most detailed messages that we have. Jesus preached on a whole lot of things, a whole lot of subjects to a whole lot of people on the side of a mountain one day. But this message right here that has been preached thousands of times, Brother Tim, there ain't no telling how many people have been saved from this message right here was preached in the dark at night to one man. <clears throat> Brother Caleb didn't know what I was preaching on and I didn't know what the choir was going to sing. They sung that song, The Value of One. These verses that I just read to you was a message that Jesus preached to one man standing outside at night. As I begin to just read these verses again and again and again, and let me encourage you when you read your Bible, if you can, try to read it with an open mind and don't go into it with all of your preconceived ideas about it. Let it be fresh. Let God bring stuff out when you're reading and studying your Bible. A couple things I noticed about Nicodemus in these verses that many people, maybe somebody here this morning, can identify with Nicodemus in these things. The first thing that I noticed was his confidence in verse number two. He was very confident, at least he portrayed that, about who Jesus was. Here's what he said in verse number two. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, when I, heard, when I read that, several things came to my mind. 
The first thing that came to my mind was the word we in verse number two. Rabbi, we know. Right. Who was he talking about? Was he talking about everybody in the area, everybody in the region, the population in a general sense? Was he talking about the Pharisees? Had they been sitting around in back rooms talking about the miracles that Jesus did? Had they arrived at a consensus that Jesus was who he said he was? I don't know. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest. You see the word miracles in the previous chapter, just a couple of verses before that, in chapter 2, verse number 23. Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Now this is more toward the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He had not yet performed all the miracles that he eventually would perform during his three and a half years of ministry. And I backed up just to chapter number one and started just kind of skimming those previous two chapters because apparently there were enough miracles performed in just the first two chapters to convince Nicodemus. At least that's what he said. You start reading chapter number one and you look at all the things that took place there. And I don't have time to read this whole chapter. Uh, you don't have to, I don't have time to, to, to read chapter one and chapter number two and highlight the miracles that are listed here. And these are not all of them. These are just the ones that are named. But I thought about the one that was pretty impressive in chapter number one where uh, Nathaniel said in verse number 46, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, behold, no Israelite indeed, and an Israelite indeed in whom is no God. Nathanael said unto him, whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said, before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. That's awesome to me. I knew where you were. When you, I knew who you were and where you were. I knew everything about you when you were still over there sitting under that tree. And then you, you get over to chapter number two, you find the, the, the marriage at Cana, the first of his miracles. The Bible tells us it was the beginning of the miracles which he did. Verse 11 says that, but he changed the water, turned the water into wine. It's amazing. Fill six stone water pots up with water, fill them up to the brim, and he changed it into wine. Amazing miracle there. And you get further down into chapter number two, and he cleansed the temple. Cleansed the temple. What an amazing story there. Drove out the money changers. Made a scourge of small cords. Drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen. Poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. That's the meek and lowly Jesus we're talking about. The Bible says he performed miracles in verse 23 and people saw it and they believed I love how the chapter ends. Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men, needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And then here comes Nicodemus at night and says, oh, I'm convinced. I'm confident that you are who you say you are. We know that thou art a teacher. Come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Let me just throw this out right here. There's a lot of people sitting here this morning you know about what Jesus has done and you know about what Jesus can do, but you don't know Jesus. It is easy to know who he said he was. 
It is easy to have a head knowledge, a secondhand information. Come on, y'all. And not knowing. Dealt with this in Sunday school. God ever opened your eyes and you see him. And God reveals to you who he was and who he is. It'll change you. It'll change you. I'm telling you right now, in Matthew chapter number 16, Jesus asked his disciples, in verse number 13, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? You can go walk up and down the streets this morning in Dundalk and ask people who was Jesus. You'll get all kinds of answers. And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist and some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You know what Jesus said? Flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you. My father which is in heaven showed you that. See, Nicodemus had a head knowledge of who Jesus was. Even so much that he was confident and said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. There may be somebody sitting here this morning. You say, I know Jesus was sent from God. You know the story of Christmas. You know the story of him laying him in a manger. You know the story of the Virgin Mary being overshadowed by the Holy Ghost? That holy thing which was conceived in her was conceived of the Holy Ghost. You know good and well that Joseph was not Jesus' earthly father, his real father, his blood father, that he was the son of God. You know that. You, you have that head knowledge. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. And 33 and a half years later, they nailed him to a cross and they put him in a tomb and he came out of that tomb and was raised from the dead and went back to heaven. You have a head knowledge of that this morning, but I'm going to be honest with you. There's a difference in saying you know it and knowing it. Jesus looked at Nicodemus and knew what was going on in his heart. It's amazing to me that Nicodemus in verse two said, we know thou art a teacher come from God. And yet you get to verse number 11. Jesus said, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. He knew he didn't believe it. He knew it, but he didn't know it. So many people try to press God with flattery and False worship and false adoration. God knows whether or not what's coming out of your mouth matches what's in your heart. God knows. Isaiah 29, 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We see his confidence, but then we see his caution. Boy, this really bothered me. Verse 2 says, the same came to Jesus by night. Now that's in there for a reason. The Bible don't put stuff like that in there just to fill up space. 
The Holy Ghost wanted us to know that Nicodemus came to Jesus and had this conversation under the cloak of darkness. And here, I guess, is where I just kind of settled in and I began to think about something. Verse 1 tells us that he was a man of the Pharisees. They were the religious elite group of their day. They're the ones people looked up to. They were the ones that knew the law. They were the ones that were supposed to be close to God. They were the ones that portrayed themselves as being spiritual. So much so that Jesus had to rebuke them for all their outward show. Called them whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. They clean the outside of the cup, insides full of excess. He talked to them about their false pretenses of prayer and worship and almsgiving. But the inside, they were just snakes. They were vipers. He called them fools, blind guides. But stay with me. Here's a man that is a spiritual leader in his community, a ruler of the Jews. Everybody, when they saw Nicodemus, assumed that he was a man that was in touch with God and in touch with spiritual things. And and Nicodemus, by his own confession, said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Is that not what he said? Is that not what Nicodemus said with his own mouth? So here is a spiritual leader, supposedly, in the community, one that's in the high elite spiritual ranks, supposed to portray a relationship with God that nobody else could have. He has already in his mind and by his lips confessed that Jesus Christ come from God and he don't want anybody to know he's talking to him. That got me. It got me that a spiritual leader is convinced that Jesus came from God and don't want anybody to know he's talking to him. The pride. The pride. And I began to wonder, this is how I think when I read my Bible, Brother Adriel. He came to Jesus by night How how did that happen? Was he stalking him? Was he watching him throughout the day and as the sun went down, followed him to a house, to a place to eat? Maybe followed him to the bottom of a mountain where Jesus went up to pray and called him when he come back down? I don't know. It don't tell us. But this this wasn't a conversation that took place haphazardly or by coincidence or by chance. He came to Jesus. He had a reason he wanted to talk to him, but he did not want, and this is obvious to me, he didn't want anybody to see him doing it. Is anybody else concluding that from the text? He came to Jesus by night. And it was obvious he wanted to have a conversation, but he didn't want anybody to see him. And I wondered, was it the people he didn't want to see him? Was it the people that looked up to him and assumed he was a spiritual leader? Was it his peers? that was going to give him a hard time for wanting to talk to Jesus. I mean, here's a man working miracles. None of them were working miracles. None of them could work miracles. Here's a man that's working miracles 
And, 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 and Nicodemus says, we know that thou art a teacher come, come from God. We know that as a teacher that what you are teaching, stay with me, is, is lessons and messages and words from God. If you're a teacher come from God, that's what he's saying. We know that what you're saying is from God, for no man can do the works that thou doest except God be with him. Brother Bell, why would a man that was a spiritual leader and everybody in the community looked up to him, why would he be ashamed to be seen talking to a man that come from God? And it hit me. Same reason people today don't want to be seen talking to people that know God. Same reason people today don't want to be in a place where the teaching's coming from God. People ain't changed. We know God hadn't changed. People hadn't changed. He was confident that Jesus was who he said he was, but yet he was cautious in his approach. Then we see his confusion. This poor guy, bless his heart. That's what we say down south. When somebody says something real stupid, we just say, bless your heart. Bless their heart. That's just a kind of a catch-all phrase. Bless his heart. Here's what Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I love how Nicodemus starts his conversation out with a group idea. We know. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. And Jesus just made it very personal. He said, I say unto thee, this ain't about your buddies anymore. This ain't about your groupies. This isn't about your friends. This isn't about the struggles you run in. This isn't what everybody else thinks. I say unto thee, he said it like three or four times in this passage, I say unto thee, very, very, I say unto thee, I say unto thee, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus says, how can a man when he's old enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? That has got to be about one of the dumbest statements you'll read in your Bible. I mean, seriously. Now we're starting to get an idea why he wanted to have this conversation in private. Because he didn't have a clue. How many people sit in our churches and everybody thinks they're Christians, they think they walk with God, they think they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but way down deep inside, they have no idea what it means to be born again. And Nicodemus had no clue. A ruler of the Jews. No wonder Jesus said, you got the blind leading the blind and you both fall into the ditch. Everybody's looking to you for answers and you don't even know the questions. And I thought about this. I've been in church my whole life, y'all. From the time, from nine months from before I was born, I've been in churches like this. Okay, this ain't new to me. A lot of things are new to me. This ain't. Churches like this is not new to me. I've been in this my whole life. And I have seen so many people sitting on church pews that gave the impression that they were religious. They gave the impression they were spiritual. They gave the impression that they knew God, but down deep inside, they did not know God. Now, everybody around them knows, thinks that they know God. But Jesus looked right into the heart of Nicodemus. He didn't ask him if he'd been born again. He told him he needed to be. Here you are standing out under the stars, Brother Adriel. It's dark. Just the Son of God and a religious man 
having a conversation. He said, the man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can a man when he's old enter the second time into his mother's womb be born? Jesus looked at him, and here's what he said in verse number five. Verily, verily, I say to you, except it may be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, there's a lot of debate over this. I'm not going to debate with you this morning. A lot of people think that water is the Word of God, and the water is the Word of God in a lot of places in the Bible, but he's talking about a physical birth and a spiritual birth. Okay, verse number six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's, 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 he's talking about you've got to be born two times. Okay? That, you've got to be born of water, and that's that physical birth where that baby's in that womb of that mother surrounded by that amniotic fluid. I believe that's what it's talking about. Now, if you don't believe that, don't argue with me after the service. I'll just say you're right and make you feel better, and then we'll go eat a hot dog. I don't care. But I know <laughs> that what Jesus is saying here is this. You've got to be born two times. You've got to be born physically, and you've got to be born spiritually. You've got to be born of the flesh, and then you've got to be born of the spirit. And it is a supernatural, say with me, supernatural working. Just like you had nothing to do with your first birth, that second birth is a supernatural working of God. You can't save yourself. It's important that you understand this. God does it. God does it. And there's a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions. I've been preaching the gospel message for almost 30 years. July of next year will be 30 years with Adriel. I've been preaching. And there's so much about the miracle of salvation that you cannot explain. You can't explain it. We have all these fancy words we throw in the salvation, all these doctrines, redemption and justification and repentance and adoption and all these words. And you can just teach for hours. And when you get done teaching all about it, you're back to square one. It's a supernatural working of God. And Jesus said it like this. It's like the wind blowing. You don't know where it came from and you don't know where it's going. But you know one thing, it's blowing. What he said in verse number five, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. There's a lot of things in there we can't explain. But one thing we do know is God's doing something. I wished I could take salvation and dissect it. I wished I could do a PowerPoint. I wished I could do a, a break it down. And I wished I could just make it. You can't make it any more clear than Jesus looking at this religious leader. And here's what he said. You must be born again. Let be born again. I don't like that phrase, preacher. It makes me think about this moral majority. It makes me think about these religious fanatics that are involved in politics. I know so many people that said they were born again. They act like heathens and this and that. Yeah, when you get done, when you get done, when you get done bashing it, we're still back to where Jesus said, you must be born again. Okay? You have to be. You have to be. It don't, matter, it don't matter how much you know about the Bible. Look up in here, y'all. It don't matter how much you know about that Bible. It don't matter how many Bible verses you can quote. It don't matter how much you read that Bible and how much you get on your knees and pray. It don't matter how much good you do. If you're not born again, here's what Jesus said. You will not see the kingdom of God. If you don't get born again, you're going to hell. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. He was confused. Jesus looked at him in verse number nine, said, How? 
Jesus said, How art thou a master of Israel? Knowest not these things? Do you realize standing across this country this morning, on a Sunday morning, in pulpits all over America, there are men standing behind pulpits with an open Bible preaching to people that are not saved? Did you know that? There are preachers, there are, there are pastors, there are pastors' wives, there are pastors' kids, there are deacons, deacons' wives, deacons' kids, Sunday school teachers. They missed it. In, fo- in, fo- in football, it, it, they throw a flag. They throw a flag. The referee will throw a flag. They hike the ball, throw the ball downfield. Receiver catches the ball, runs into the end zone. Whole place goes crazy. He runs over to the sidelines. They put all these big necklaces and chains and stuff on him and treat him like he's God. But here's what they didn't see. That yellow flag laying in the middle of the field. False start. False start. Right. Go ahead. And no matter how mad you get about it, nothing that just happened counts. Right. Right. The points come off the board. You want to know why? It started wrong. You know how many people's gonna live their whole life going to church, giving money, supporting moral missions, yeah. knocking doors, passing out tracks, cooking soup for homeless people at Thanksgiving, and they're gonna die and go to hell. You wanna know why? False start. Right. You didn't get saved first. And nothing we do after that right. counts. Right. Amen. Amen. You're exactly right. It don't count. You say, well, that ain't fair. No, what's not fair is for God to let you get get to heaven one way and make everybody else get there another way. That's what's not fair. Here's what's not fair. It's for him to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross and bleed and die and become sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and him have to live on this sin-cursed earth for 33 and a half years and die on a cross like a convicted criminal. Shed all of his blood to pay for our sins. And then tell you that he didn't have to do that for you. You can get to heaven ever how you want to. That's what's not fair. There's only one way. My heart's burdened this morning. There might be somebody here this morning that's never been born again. By the way, by the way, some of the most beautiful verses in the Bible is verses number 15 and 16 and 17. God so loved the world. God loved Nicodemus. Blinded by his religion, wrapped up in his self-righteousness, trying to earn his way to heaven. And Jesus over and over and over gave the simplicity of the message. He gave the simplicity of the message in verse 11, verse 12, verse 15, verse 16, and verse 18. And here's the word, believe. That's how you get born again. You believe. He believed. Look at what he said in verse 11. Verily, verily, I say to you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. Look at verse 12. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Look at what it says in verse 15. Now, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. Look at verse 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. The simplicity of the message was you just need to believe. Not with a head knowledge like Nicodemus, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, but down deep inside know that he is who he said he was, and that is he's the Messiah. He was a son of God, sent to save the world from their sin. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he will save you. You will be saved. You will be born again. It's a new birth. All right, my mama told me about my first birth. I told her about the second one. I saw something at the end of this message that I never had seen before, Brother Leader. Why did Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? Well, he just speculated. Pride, prestige, position, peers. We could just wax eloquent about all the reasons why he came to Jesus by night. But I think Jesus tells us why. In verse number 19, 20, 21, look at it with me. Jesus said, this is the condemnation. Light has come to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Why would you come to Jesus at night? Because men, the Bible says in verse 20, everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh through the light. This is deed should be reproved. Could that be the answer? You say, well, that don't make sense, preacher. That's talking about bad people. That's talking about people who have deeds that are evil. That don't, that's not Nicodemus. Why would he come to Jesus at night? The Bible says he don't, people that do evil deeds, they don't like the light. They're more comfortable in the dark. Right. Stay with me now. I'm almost done. You say, well, that can't be Nicodemus. He wasn't an evil man. He was a morally upright man. Paul, when he was talking about his state before he got saved, said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees said he was concerning the law, said he was blameless. You look at him from the outside, you couldn't find a thing wrong with him. So preacher, that can't be, you can't be talking about, that can't be talking about Nicodemus. Well, first of all, that's the only one that Jesus was talking to. There wasn't nobody else there. Are y'all with me? He wasn't talking Nicodemus about everybody else. When he talked about Jesus loving the world, he was talking to one man. He was talking to one man. Jesus wasn't preaching to Nicodemus in a roundabout way. He was preaching to him directly. You say, well, I can't be talking about Nicodemus, though. He talked about deeds that are evil, and here he was, a ruler of the Jews. Then it hit me. He was trying to earn his way to heaven. And do you realize that your good deeds, if you're trying to do it to get heaven, is not good deeds at all? It's actually evil deeds. In fact, Jesus said it like this. Stay with me, Matthew 7. Here's what Jesus said. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
They're standing there telling God, we've done all these wonderful deeds. We've done all these wonderful works. And Jesus said, no, they're not wonderful works. They're not good works. They're evil works. They're works of iniquity because you were trying to get to heaven doing it. Why did Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? I think it's because his deeds were evil. And he didn't like the light in spite of what everybody thought about him. There's people sitting in this service right now. You're so uncomfortable right now. You have a profession of salvation. You know that Jesus was a teacher come from God because no man can do the miracles he does except God be with him. You know that. You have a head knowledge of it. But you hadn't really, really put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In the back of your mind, you think all your good deeds is what's going to get you to heaven. And I love you this morning. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't preach this. But if you keep doing that and you keep believing that and you die believing that, you're going to wake up in hell. Because here's what Jesus said. Except that may be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't get no more plain than that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I got so many Christmas, I mean birthday gifts and presents. Y'all were so over the top. Somebody made me a pecan pie. I don't know who it was. Who made me a pecan pie? Miss Casper Zach. I need to give that woman a raise. Lord of mercy. <laughs> I eat near about the whole thing by myself. It was unbelievable. It wasn't a pecan pie. It was a pecan pie. <laughs> Can you imagine how offended she would have been when she handed me that, wrapped up in aluminum foil and wrote on the top of it with a Sharpie, Happy Birthday, Pastor. I wonder how she would have felt if I'd have tried to pay her for it. You think that would have hurt her feelings? You reckon she would have been offended if I'd have said... Let me, let me pay you for that. No, this is for your birthday. This is a gift. No, let me pay you for it. I won't pay you for it. Surely Matthews had some, some stuff she couldn't sell. I said, I want it. I want all of it. I'll buy, I'll buy all of them. She wouldn't let me pay her. She wouldn't let me pay her. She says, your birthday, and you're my pastor. And I didn't argue with her. Because you don't offer to pay for a gift. You know how many people today trying to pay God? For salvation, when it was, it's already paid for. It's a gift. Just take it. Just receive it. Amen. George, I shared your testimony with our Sunday school class this morning. I hope you don't mind. When I asked George, when I sat down with George and Kathy several years ago in their living room, I said, George, are you saved? He said, I know I'm saved. He was as dogmatic as I am. I, I know I'm saved. I said, tell me, about, tell me about when you got saved. He said, right down the road listening to a preacher on the radio. It was David Jeremiah. Is that who it was? David Jeremiah was preaching a clear presentation of the gospel. George said, I never had heard it before. He, he'd been over here to this little Polish Catholic church in Dundalk their whole life. All these years. Never had heard that. He was riding down the road and he heard that preacher preach the gospel message. And out loud, Brother Tim, in the truck, he said, I believe that right there. I believe that. That's the truth. He said, That's when I got saved. I said, I'm sold. <laughs> 
There ain't no fancy prayer, nobody kneeling with you, holding your hand, nobody repeating after me, nobody going down the Romans road. He heard the gospel and he said, I believe that right there. That's the truth. And that's when he got born again. He believed. It's all you've got to do. He said two things happened. Two things happened immediately. Number one, I had a love for the Word of God. I could not get enough Bible. And number two, there was a noticeable change in my life. I looked at my wife. I said, I believe the boy got saved. It's just that simple. Is everybody still with me? Greatest message, one of the greatest messages Jesus ever preached. He preached it out on the stars to a religious man that had all of his... Eyes dotted and his T's crossed, but he did not know how to be born again. He was not born again. I wonder this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, could there be somebody here this morning identifying with Nicodemus? You've got a head knowledge. There's a head knowledge. We know that Jesus is a teacher come from God. No man can do the miracles that he does unless God is with him. But you're not born again. Can I tell you something this morning? It is so easy to get born again that most people just trip over it and never get born again. They say there's got to be more to it than that. There's got to be more to it than that. No, there's not. I got saved when I was four years old, 1976. He saved me and changed my life. I, by faith, received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I wonder this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, would there be someone in the service that would just say, Pastor Shifflin, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I've ever been born again. I hope I have, I think I have, but I do not know for sure that I've been born again. And I would like for you to pray for me. Right where you're sitting right now, would you just quietly slip your hand up, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died, I would go to heaven. Pray for me, anybody, anywhere. I would not embarrass you for a million dollars. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? We would love this morning. We would be so honored this morning to help you get that settled. The greatest day in your life is the day that you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. There's nothing that even, there's nothing even is a second close to that. I mean, it's unbelievable how awesome it is to get born again and Jesus Christ to forgive you of all of your sins and make you a new creature and he becomes your father and he gives you the Holy Spirit to live within you makes the Bible come alive makes the word of God so real and powerful and you know for sure when you die you're going to heaven anybody else preacher I'm not sure raise your hand please preacher pray for me I'm not sure Anybody else? We want to help you this morning. We want to help you. We don't want you to leave in the same shape you came in this morning if God is speaking to your heart. Let me ask you this.